What's up, Cashflow Contractors? Khalil here. We've got another great episode for you today, especially if you've ever asked yourself, should I be creating content? Should I be writing blogs or making videos? We answer all those questions here in today's episode, and I think that you're going to find a lot of value in it and learn some things that you've probably never even thought of from a content creation standpoint. Because when you start writing blogs, when you start making videos, when you start creating content for your audience, you're doing more than just creating a channel for new business to come into your company, but also you're working on creating great value and education for your clients, for prospective customers, and even for your employees. So give this episode a listen. I hope that you enjoy it. We'd love to hear your feedback in the show notes. We've got a really easy, simple to fill out form where you can provide us with some feedback. We've also got my email and Martin's email there. Shoot us a message if you find value in this episode. We'd love to hear from you. And you can also subscribe to our newsletter down below. Hope you enjoyed the episode and thanks for listening. Less stress, more time, more money. Welcome to the Cash Flow Contractor. Deep Dive. I'd figure it out. Yeah. That's uh, modern day problems, right? My First keyboard will slide. Yeah. Reminds me, that's kind of like the problems. I remember reading some book from the 60s. They were talking about, you know, the challenges of using keyboards in your workplace and uh, picking them up and moving them. Isn't that right? <laughs> well, when I was doing it in the 60s, it was a typewriter. Yeah, there weren't any keyboards. Have, have you seen that video that there's the, uh, the professor, the college professor who bans laptops in his classroom. And so, uh, cause people were just like scrolling social media and doing surfing the internet. So he bans laptops. And then there's this video of this kid brings in a typewriter and he's just, and it's the loudest one. And then every, like, he's just typing and then every, I don't know, 10, 15 seconds as he's taking notes, you hear the slide and ding. <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's oh. so distracting to everybody in the classroom. <laughs> oh, Man. that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a funny one. Um, is that how you write your blogs on top writers? Me? Yeah, you're jesting. I'm jesting. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> Do you still have a typewriter? Yeah. No. 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 They used to. Uh, yeah, the big advance was they used to have the mechanical ones. You know where they had arms that. The letters were at the top of them and they'd go up. Yeah. And if you hit two letters at the same time, they'd jam together. And you'd have mm. to reach up there and pull them back. And then they came out with the electric uh, typewriter and uh, it had a ball. Olivetti invented it. It had this ball and it would go up and turn. And anyway, yeah, modern stuff. Then a correcting Actually, selectric. Go correcting ahead. Correcting You A correcting selectric was a typewriter. You go along and type, and if you misspelled a word, it would back up and take, or a letter, it'd back up and take the letter off. Oh, that's a big advance. Do, 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 do. It was. <laughs> We're going, I, how did you do that? I actually listened to a really cool podcast from Radio Lab. They, you want to talk about podcast production? That's like the, uh, you know, NPR's deal, 21st Century Studios of podcasts. Um, but, anyways, they had one on Chinese typing and how there was big, um, 
debate whether the Chinese written language would survive because it was holding them back technologically uh, from using, you know, typewriters was the first thing back in the day. And then computers uh, in the future, in the future, like, or more, more recently, I guess, uh, because you can't, they have like 4,000 or many more, yeah, 70,000, I think it's 70,000 symbols. Cause it's actually like each symbols, almost like a tiny yeah. illustration of what they you're call it to say. logography or something like that. Yeah. 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 Words, picture words. Yeah. And so they basically developed a lot of the technology that's coming out now is actually coming from old technology that the Chinese had been using to be able to use a, key, a keyboard and a typewriter. But basically what they did was they took all of the 70,000, one guy took the 70,000 symbols and he said, okay, let's break it down and figure out what's inside of these symbols, like a straight line up and down or a right. T-shape or something like that. Found all the commonalities and kept dwindling and dwindling and dwindling it down to where he got to like a hundred or something along, along those lines. Um, and you know how, remember on the old phones, how you, uh, the flip yeah, you phones where you, when you're typing, yeah. you had to press three times to get the, yeah. the, the F. To C. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so they did the same exact thing on a keyboard though. And that's how you would be able to type in Chinese is, you know, you'd have to press sometimes five times to get this, this one symbol. Uh, but that's how it would work. But something that you don't think about with that symbol is it's not a letter, it's a word, right? So we may press 10 keys to get a word, right? right. And they may just press five to get a word. So it was actually comparably fast. You could type extremely fast. And right. um, then they were the ones that came up with like predictive text because it was so essential to, you know, if you've got 70,000 potential characters out there and you're typing through, it'll auto-complete a lot of it uh, based upon what you've said previously, whatever. So that's actually tech that we use in our phones and all that stuff. And now it's getting to the really? point where they've, they've been using, you know, basically our version of AI to complete the sentence. I don't know if you're writing in your email now, do you see how it kind of fills up in gray? Oh yeah, things yeah, you're yeah. Say? it presumes. Hi, yeah. Khalil. Yeah, exactly. That's that's from the Chinese technology. And they've had it for not just like the last five years, they've had it for 20 years, which is just crazy. It's like, it's been built into their Microsoft Word and all that kind of stuff. So fascinating things. I think it kind of is on topic though, because we were talking about blogging. And believe it or not, this is one that Martin wanted to talk about. So you started blogging in 2017. Is that right? I have no idea, but about then or maybe before. Yeah. And it started as mainly a marketing thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just thought you had to have it to uh, get good SEO and, and, uh, yeah, that, you know, people were saying, not going to find your website. You're going to rank higher if you, if you do blogs and have articles. Yeah. So yeah, that and, was the, that was the first reason. And then. What was the real benefit for you? Well, I think there are a lot, but the first benefit to me was a topic. I mean, we choose a topic and by writing an article, I used to do 1200 words now because that's what uh, Google wanted. Now I think it's less, but 
I used to, by the time you've written 1,200 words, I will have organized my thoughts on that matter. You know, described a problem. That's a good example. You know, kind of broken the problem down and then talked about what to do about it and had a conclusion about how your life would be different if you do this or how it would be bad if you didn't do it. And the exercise, when I first started writing a blog, it'd take me two full days to write yeah, I remember. it. I was just like, what? And now I use chat GPT and it takes about 35 seconds. <laughs> no, that's, that's not true. No, it gets a lot faster. But yeah, it was a real, real pain, but it was worth doing it. And I, I do like to write. Or as I think Hemingway or somebody said, I don't like writing, but I like having written. And yeah. I didn't come up with somebody said that. But anyway, I mean, that, that's great. The, 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 that really I was like, the I love first. That yeah. And it is. It's, it's hard work. But I, that was the first benefit for me. And I didn't really realize it to start out with, but it did organize my thoughts. Yeah. And a second benefit is I think I maybe have a hundred blogs out there. I've got more articles in my computer that never made, uh, I didn't ever put them on the website, but I'm talking about topics that I talk about with my clients or maybe in front of an audience. And when I'm, when I'm finished, I can send a link or send them to a link for the article that covers that topic. And they've got a written document, try to keep them five, six minute reads, maybe at the max. Uh, so you're not wearing people out trying to read a novel because they don't want to yeah. do that. But that was, that's a real benefit. I do that a lot. So I've got some real old blogs on getting organized or how to start writing job descriptions. I can talk about that. It's a confusing thing to just talk about, but I can send them my, my, uh, my blog on the subject, my article on the subject. So those are two huge benefits, uh, that, that I get out of having written. And I, I wrote one, we haven't even put it on the website, but I wrote one the other day. Actually, it was an article for a magazine, but uh, it's, a, it's a blog. It's a little bit long. And I talking about it now means I need to send it to Vivek and get it up on my website. Yeah. But I, the other good thing about having blogs, having written things down and having them on your website is you know where they are. You're not yeah. looking in some, how did I file that by subject or by client or by articles or where did I, and what did I call that? One of the, uh, this is just an aside, but one of the worst things I've done or, or not, not regrets, but things that I've done wrong is I try to come up with clever, clever titles. And so later on, like a year later, I'm looking for that article. And like, and I think it. the article, I can't find it cause I can't. You know, I think on my systemization article, I think the title is, do you own a job or a business? Okay. Well, if I remember mm -hmm. that, but I'm going back now, I'm looking for my systemize article. It should say systemize at the top and didn't yeah. do that. Yeah, that's, that's not easy. Uh, but tags are helpful for that mm -hmm. categories also for your blog. I think, you know, as, you know, as we think about our audience and should a contractor start a blog, um, I think it kind of opens up the conversation to more of content creation as a whole and the value of content creation. Um, I think if, if you're a contractor looking to start a blog and you're doing it because you heard that it's good for SEO 
Um, and so you've hired a service to write blogs for you and they're going to put them on your website for you and make sure they have the right keywords and, um, they, they bring in some new traffic to your website. Depending on a lot of factors, like are you just local or are you national, um, you know, things like that. I think it can be valuable, but at the end of the day, you have no, if, unless you're, a lot of times, if you hire that service, you're not really going to be reading it <laughs> and uh, you have no idea what's on your website. And so let's just even say it did work and someone came to your website because of that article and then they read it and they gave you a call and they said, hey, I just read this article on your website and I love uh, when you guys talked about this process. And you're like, I have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> you know, I don't know what the process is. You're scrambling to find the article. You know, the, I don't know. The, I think there can be value there uh, in terms of SEO, but I don't think that's how it should be done in my opinion. Um, I think that you should probably own the content creation process as the business leader. Um, and then your team maybe execute on the logistics of it. But, you know, just like for you, Martin, you write your blogs, but you're not sitting there thinking about what the thumbnail should be. You're not thinking about tags and keywords. You're not thinking about how to publish it on the website and get it into a PDF format so that you can send it to clients. You're just writing the article. And right. what's great about that is that you own the content creation process. So the content is really um, premium and really valuable content so that you, it, you have a understanding that this is actually beneficial for my audience. Um, but then you don't worry about the rest of it. And I think that's how most contractors should think about their content creation process as the owners of their business, as the leaders inside of their business. They should be creating content because they've started their business. They've got the experience. They've got the expertise. They've got the differentiation from everybody else in the market because it's them. They should be the ones providing thought leadership. They should be the ones talking about their systems, talking about their approach, their methodology, um, the way that they handle different things inside of their company, their company culture, uh, whatever it might be that would be valuable to their audience. They should be the ones owning that process and then not handling the logistics. Unless you're super small and just getting started, it's fine to do that yourself. But let someone else on your team or outsource the logistics of getting that published. That's my opinion. Uh, I don't think there's, you, you miss a lot of the you know, complimentary benefits that you talked about, Martin, of content creation if you just hire out a service to write articles for you and post right. them to the website. You miss out on that clarity of having to think through, okay, well, what is our process? What is our methodology? How do I approach this problem? Um, how is this valuable? What is our stance on this? Um, if you're not writing it yourself. A, a, a few years ago, maybe seven or eight years ago, I had a marketing firm write content for me. And uh, I was sitting at home at 11 o'clock on a Friday night and my post popped up in an Instagram you know, link Instagram. And I read it and I called the guy at 11 o'clock at night and said, take that down. It was written and nothing. It was written by a 22 year old newly graduated gal from who just graduated from OU knows nothing. And I remember it ended with, if you got time, if you got to give me a shout, if you got a sec, 
SEC. Give me a shout if you got a sec. I get texts from you like that all not, the time. Yeah, yeah. That it, <laughs> I just go, ooh, I, that doesn't sound like I wrote it. Um, yeah. It, and it well, may be I, a little daunting to for people to think about what they uh, what they should write or how what they should blog about. And to sum up what you said, I think it sums it up. The blog has to be useful, you know, partly useful for you because it's SEO and and you're the thought leader and you're establishing you're engaging clients. But it should be useful to your audience. Uh, it's it's really really arrogant to assume, presume that somebody's going to read your 15-page paper with the glowing prose in it if it yeah. doesn't just contain line after line of useful information for them. And mm -hmm. so that I think that anybody who's thinking about doing it, the first thing is don't think about publishing all the technology of publishing it or the, the details of that, like you said. Just yeah. write an article. And it should be about something that matters to your clients. Obviously, we always talk about that. And um, it should be short and useful. I mean, that's that's the best word I can think of. It has to be useful to your clients. Answer questions. I, I think you know, what you're getting out with that service and the difference between you know, using that 22 year old to blog for you, or now it's chat GPT to blog for you. Um, and then you doing it is authenticity. Uh, right. I think that's a huge factor in it. Like it doesn't just need to be valuable and something that your audience is interested in, but it also needs to be authentic because people can tell the difference between something that, you know, feels like someone who's knowledgeable and experienced and has a great mind writing something and then something spit it out by chat GPT or someone who has no idea what's going on. Uh, it just doesn't have the same weight, doesn't have the same, doesn't hit the same whenever you read it, you know? We're gonna hit pause on this episode really quick. Just a reminder, Cashflow Contractors, if you'll please go to the show notes and check out our different social channels, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, please go and check those channels out like us, follow us, subscribe to our channel, and leave any comments on our posts to help promote our show and grow it to our audience. Thanks for listening. Now back to the episode. I know there's people listening that have thought about creating content and even blogging before, and they're like, I hate writing. Uh, it's not me. It's not what I do. And you know, to that, I say, just take a step back from blogging and think about just content creation. There is a format that fits you whether it's this, whether it's a, a video podcast or just an audio podcast. Um, and then, uh, you know, maybe you don't like to write, maybe you don't like being on video, but you can sit there and talk to somebody who is a writer and tell them the article over a call recording or whatever it is, and then they can actually write it for you. And what's great now with ChatGPT you know, you shouldn't have ChatGPT write your articles, but you can have ChatGPT draft your articles so that the writing process is much different. Is that something you're doing now, Martin? Uh, I I haven't used it for any of my articles, but yeah, I do that a lot. Um, just even just for the format. Of, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Fact, I, I, like, I, I, have to, I have to tell a story real quickly. The article that I okay. just wrote for a magazine 
is about embezzlement and it's titled Trust Your Instincts, Spotting Theft from Within, right? So I'm, I'm talking about companies, people steal from their companies. They just, they just do. And sometimes they do it big time. Sometimes they do it not so big time. But I, I thought, well, I, I need some good examples of how people do it and get away with it. So I said, hey, chat GPT, tell me 10 ways people embezzle from their company. And he goes, prr, prr, prr. gives me 10. Didn't like all of them. I said, give me 10 more. He goes, prr, prr, prr. I said, give me 20 more. And it says, <laughs> I don't, stealing from a company is wrong. You know, and it just, he gave me this whole deal about, you really shouldn't be doing that. We've given you a lot. And I said, no, no, no. I'm a, I mean, I typed this in. I said, no, no, no. I'm a business coach and I'm trying to teach people how to spot theft within their organizations. And it said, oh, I'm sorry. And it gave me 20 more, you know, <laughs> credit card theft. But anyway, it was There's saying, a, oh, it's a little suspicious here. Why is this guy wanting to know all this stuff? There's a funny joke. We went to see a comedian recently and he was talking about how uh, he wanted to, he was researching for some reason, the best bullets for killing someone. Um, and he's like, I can't just search that. Uh, <laughs> and so he said, uh, the best bullets for self-defense <laughs> and, uh, just realized that you could really type anything for self-defense oh. and yeah. get away with essentially kind of yeah. like what you're saying, how to embezzle for self-defense. Oh no, my, my, of all my articles, I wrote one called how to steal money and in parentheses, almost get away with it. And it was about somebody, I've talked about it on here, embezzled from one of my companies. And we caught her. But it just said yeah. how it happened. And it's my number one article. I mean, because I guess people were looking how to steal money. Time. Yeah, yeah. And some of them put in the notes, F you to me, you know, like, like I thought this was going to be good and it's just crap, you know. <laughs> That's my number, number one blog, how to steal money. You should do another one, seven steps to stealing money. Uh, oh yeah, or something just, like that. Might might be a good search technique for FBI looking for people who are doing this stuff. But you but know, back, that's a back and to that's a well, really quick. That's a really good point. If you're using one of these services that's doing the Chat GPT version or the, um, you know, just trying to basically post articles to gain more traffic, that's another thing that people don't consider is that a lot of times they're just using a gimmicky or clickbaity title to get people to click. And that's not necessarily the right traffic. And that gets into qualified traffic or tr qualified leads for your business. A lot of times, if it's not you authentically writing the article and putting the thought into it, you're not going to get a qualified lead or a qualified visit to your website. Um, and again, just like we've already talked about, that's not even the primary purpose or benefit, I think, of content creation. Um, yes, you can grow an audience and drive traffic to your business and get more business through the articles, but you can also just become more clarified in your thinking and your processes inside your business and um, really be able to educate people on what's unique about you. And when I say people, that's not just your potential audience out there, but it's also for your employees so they understand how you think and they can really represent you well and be educated and knowledge on you and your business and your processes and what makes you different but even also your vendors and your suppliers so that, oh man, yeah, they do a really good job of that. I'll refer them to the people that I work with or whatever. So 
Uh, you wanted to take a different direction. Go ahead. Well, no, I just kind of want to run it back to this is uh, blogging, and we're talking to people who may or may not be considering blogging. And yeah. it's a daunting thing, or it can be a daunting thing. But if you, one, why is it worth it? And just kind of recapping the two things that matter to me about ordering my thoughts, that's true. Uh, and giving me something I can send out, that would be true to our listeners. And those are benefits. And then we've touched on on them, you know, SEO, their visibility. Uh, it is content that you can use to put out in different channels. Um, you can actually generate leads from it. You're going to be engaged. or It's a way to engage with your market. Uh, I really like that it makes you an authority figure. It allows you to create a community. So there are a lot of reasons to blog. And yeah. so, so if you buy into that, the next question is, okay, how do I do it? I'm not a writer. I don't like this stuff, you know? Yeah. And, and without getting into that, although we can do that in a minute here, the actual form of a blog, or at least the way I write them, but how can I come up with topics? How can I come up with subjects? And that as a first step, I think, is as you drive around, Mr. and Mrs. Contractor, you've been asked a million questions over yeah. your career. Just write down five or 10 of the most common questions that you hear frequently. Um, you've encountered problems that maybe your target market doesn't anticipate. Um, gas lines being where you're digging the pool or uh, or delays at the uh, city to get permits, you know, all, all kinds of things like, that. well, think of problems that you want your clients to know about that you would like them to know about before they found out from you or, or particularly from experiencing them. You'd like to have yeah. them know about what, what can, so you can come up with a list of 10 easy, easily should be able to do that over lunch or a coffee of questions that you're frequently asked or problems that you frequently encounter. And each one of those is a place to get started with a blog. And yeah, uh, so you pick a topic and then we can talk about how you might do that. I, I love the idea of having somebody who is a writer and you dictate it to them uh, or you can give it a stab. I mean, I think yeah. we were recording when I said that when I've started writing blogs, it took me uh, two days, I mean, you know, not eight hour days, but most of the weekends to write a 1200 word blog. And that is a royal pain. Uh, I've gotten a lot, much, lot faster now, but if you want to get started, use chat GPT and say, Hey, what would you say about gas lines interfering with swimming pools? And it can give you some ideas. It can yeah. give, and you don't, you really don't want to use chat GPT as your article, or at least in my opinion, uh, it's yeah. getting better and better. I think, uh, I can spot a chat GPT article or email pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. However, the ones that are really good, maybe they're so good. I didn't spot them, but <laughs> if the authenticity comes from you actually contributing to it, but if, if you use chat, you type in a question. Like we just said, what would you say about gas lines interfering? How would you warn customers about the problems with building swimming pool and see what it comes up with and say, no, that wasn't where I wanted to go. I want to know more about, I want to do it in 500 words and you can just keep modifying it. 
print it off and then look at it and say, hey, that's a good outline for an article, but I wouldn't say it that way. And I would say it yeah. differently and come up with a finished blog. Well, and I think, you know, if you think of the writing process itself for a blog, uh, you know, you've got the first one being to brainstorm and research, the next one being to create an outline, the, the third step being to create a first draft, and then the final step being to have a final draft. If you're thinking about it in those four steps, I really think that ChatGPT can do a great job in the first step and you sh should be using it in that first step because it can really that's, help you. That's the brains, the brains. Yeah, it's the brainstorming, even the research to a little bit, like what are some of the things that are out there? You're just getting ideas, you know, um, it'll open you up a lot, but you can even use it for the outline step too of like, hey, here's all the thoughts I have. And then can you create an outline from that? And if you don't like it, create another one. Um, and maybe you don't use the exact outline, but it at least gets you part of the way there. Then once you do have the outline, if you flesh it out just a little bit and put some bullet points inside of your outline, and then you ask ChatGPT to write an article with these points, that can be a good first draft um, or maybe a, you know 60% of the way there for you. And then you can take that to then write your last draft. If that's right. how you want to do it, um, that's fine. Just know that the further you go down the process using ChatGPT, the more editing is going to be required. Like in the first step, if you're just using it for that brainstorms part, there's not really any editing that's going on. You're just choosing what to work with. And then if you start going into the outline step process, you may have to eliminate something or tweak it or move the order of it based on the outline. And that's not that challenging. Now, if you get into the first draft, you're going to have to spend some diligent time being a proofreader and an editor to eliminate things, change things, move them around inside of an article format, which is not nearly as easy as doing that in the outline stage. But that's how I would use ChatGPT if I were going to be using it for blogging. Um, and, I'll, and I will use it sometimes to do things. I wouldn't say there are blogs, but you know, similar things like that. Um, you know, well, let, I, me, I think, uh, let me... Let, let me give you an example uh, that's very current because I did it while you were talking. Ha -ha. I said, uh, what could a, con this is chat GPT, what could a contractor blog about? And I'm not going to read the whole text, but he said home improvement tips, case studies, seasonal maintenance guides, cost estimate guides, DIY versus professional services, green building and sustainability, home safety tips local building codes and permits, client testimonials, FAQs, trends and innovations, budgeting and fine. Man, there's 50 of them here. I'm not going to yep. read them all. That, I typed in, what could I blog about? What should a contractor blog about? There's some pretty good yeah. ideas in there. And yeah, then you could take one like, like budgeting and finance and you could say, hey, I'm a contractor. I want to advise, I want to blog about budgeting and finance. What are some topics? And it'll yep. give you more. Absolutely. Well, and I think, if you're if you're struggling to know what to write as a contractor um, or what to create content for, we don't have to do blogging. But um, if you're struggling with what to think about, think about your customer. And they've got a million things on their mind. They're worried about, you know, getting the kids to school on time and practices after school for sports. And they're worried about what's going to be on the dinner table and how they're going to make bill payments, where they're going on vacation this summer how they're going to host their family, all these kinds of things are going through their mind. But 
think about that person and just think about one of them. Don't sit here and try to reach everybody in the world. Just think about that one person and start to think about in relation to what's going on in their life, but also how I, my business, my product, my service applies to their life. What are the challenges they have with it? What are the mistakes that they might make with what, I, what we do for them? Uh, what are their goals with what we do for them? What do they want at the end of the day? What obstacles might they run into? Uh, what opportunities do they have? You know, if I'm a pool contractor and um, my, my customer, the opportunity that my pool provides them is to host more parties and have people at the house to not go on vacation as much because they have vacation in their backyard. Those are like opportunities. Um, what are misconceptions that they have? Maybe they think that a pool can be built in three days. Maybe if you're three-day pools, that's your business. Maybe you can do it, but it's probably going to take a lot longer than that. Um, so just think about those. Uh, if that's how, if that's, if, you have, if that's your problem, struggling to come up with ideas of what to create content about, that's a great place to start. You, uh, you mentioned just thinking about the customer questions that you get, and that's probably the easiest in my opinion, because they get really specific. And if you even just write it like, Hey, I was talking to my customer, John over here, and he asked this question write the answer in an email to John and let that be your article. Maybe tweak it just a little bit, but don't try to apply it to everybody. Just apply it to John. There's other Johns out there. Um, and that comes from, we've mentioned this book several times, They Ask You Answer by Marcus Sheridan, written several years ago, but still applies today. And it's just really about content creation and how to make it really simple. Um, but that's, that's a great one. I think the next part that I want to talk about, Martin, is just the logistics of actually getting it done. And we've talked about ChatGPT and how to use that, but let's even just talk about time and process of just getting it done. For you, I don't know what it is now. It used to be, was it, you said it was a two-day process and I think you got it down to one day. Was it Fridays that you used to write or was it Saturdays? No, Sunday afternoons. Um, and the way it works now is just in between sessions, I have to right. have an idea, uh, which typically is a problem or a or a benefit I want to talk about, have an intro in my head from driving around. And I yeah. put that in a doc and I leave it open on my desk and just write on it occasionally and look at it and come back to fresh eyes. Fresh eyes might be two hours later after two coaching sessions, or it might be tomorrow morning. And it takes a few days, but the total hours, maybe, maybe an hour and a half, something like that. And yeah. So that's, that's how I'm doing it now, but I leave it open on my computer. And when I've got a few minutes, I look at it and said, that was the stupidest thing I've ever said. I'm going to change that. And then next time I look at it, change it back to what it was originally. No. Yeah. Uh, something, well, I, something to mention in passing though, um, that you're talking to an individual that of course is personas nowadays, but it has always been that way. Great writers yeah. are always talking to a specific person. Mm -hmm. The best writers are talking to a specific person that's, that they have in their mind. And that will control whether or not you're humorous or more formal. It'll, it'll control the level of the language, the level of understanding that you use. But it really is that you have an idea. We don't even have to go into personas right now, but you do have a customer that when you are writing or even doing a vlog, a video, that's who you're talking to. And that's, that's one of the 
main, it's not a trick, but methods to make your writing seem authentic. Yeah, I, I think it, that's probably one of the biggest hurdles I see with people is like, how do I even, uh, you know, it's like they feel like they're writing a keynote speech for 10,000 people. And it's, yeah, you're, that takes a lot of practice. But even the person that's writing that keynote speech. It's to one person out there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And that, I, the reason I segued into that was because you were talking about writing an email to somebody, mm -hmm. you know, and that's what you're doing. Write an email to Bob or Sally and then flesh that out, but you're still talking to Bob or Sally. And that's where yeah. their authenticity comes in. Well, and I, I want to run through three different uh, processes that I've seen for content creation that are, uh, that are pretty valuable, I think, and, and maybe a good starting point for a contractor that's looking to do this. So the first one is just to be the outline person. Um, so whenever something comes up, you've got an idea, someone asks a question, you get an email, whatever it is that you have an idea to write something about, just focus on writing the outline and write down what the, you know, maybe it's a seven point outline of this is what it is, this is why it matters, whatever it is, but just get the outline down in a bullet point format. And then save it for later or pass it along to somebody else to start fleshing that out. Maybe you've got someone who is gifted at writing. Maybe you've got someone who does have a lot of experience and you say, hey, I need you to write. Uh, this is for a customer. And you don't even have to say it's a blog. This is for a customer. Can you please fill this out for me in an email format or something like that? And that can then, or maybe it's that you sit down on Friday mornings or afternoons or Sunday afternoons like you did and say, okay, I'm going to just flesh this out but just start with the outline to get started. I think that's one of the most valuable things I've seen work for people uh, because it's something that you can do in a 10 minute time frame to just outline it. And then when you're ready to, to get focused, ready to sit down and work on it, you've got a really great starting point that hopefully it writes itself. So that's one. The next one is using a form, um, almost like a form submission. And this is something that we actually did with Jeff Finney at Ultimate Cabinets who had a very successful blog uh, that reached cabinet owners across the world uh, about his flat pack cabinet ready to assemble cabinets. So um, we had a form that basically you would choose a topic and it would have questions that were essentially like, why does this matter? What are the challenges? What are the mistakes? Or you know things along those lines. We actually had a four or five different uh, templated forms that he could then just go fill in and he would just answer the questions. And it wasn't pretty, but uh, it was him, you know, and it wasn't something that was ready to publish. But then he would just fill in that form, send it to us. We'd clean it up to be a publishable piece of content where it's all of his ideas, all of his expertise. And now he had an article. And that's a, that's a really great way to do it where it doesn't feel that challenging because you're just answering the questions really quickly. Uh, and again, in bullet point format. So that's, that's another type of content creation. The last one is one that I've used to do case studies and eBooks and all sorts of things. I, I don't have a lot of time to just sit down and write. And a, a big problem that I have with writing is if I sit down and write, I will, my first draft, second draft, and third draft will almost always be too in-depth and too long. I have a really big challenge when I'm writing to just be concise uh, and just narrow down to the nuts and bolts, the essentials. And so what I do 
I actually have someone on my team interview me. And I just say, hey, I need you to come up with a bunch of questions, act like you're a customer about this topic. And then I will jump on a 10, 15 minute call and I'll answer those questions in a video format like we're doing right now on the podcast. And then they can write the article. Um, and so you can do something similar like that with, with someone on your team where you're just being interviewed and you respond and then they are the ones responsible for writing the email uh, or writing the article, I'm sorry. So that's those are three different processes um, that I think are helpful. Uh, you know, another one that is, you know, fairly helpful as well is having someone like a secretary that answers customer questions on the phone a lot. Just having them do something, one of those steps, one of those processes, you can have a form for them. Uh, you can have, you know, an outsourced uh, writer maybe, or someone on your team that's good at writing, interview the secretary uh, who answers those questions on the phone all the time. Uh, but th those are some easy processes that a contractor can instill uh, to be able to create content regularly uh, inside of their business. You know, one thing while you're talking there, um, when we write, we need to have a person in mind. And while we're doing this podcast, I have a person. I actually have, doesn't have a name, but I have a, an image of a person. And this is a guy and he's driving around and he's listening to this. And he's going, yeah, right. I'm going to blog. Yeah, right. When am I going to do that? You know, uh, Christmas day, that's my only day off. Uh, so I think, right. I think it, we, we, we need to reemphasize the advantages a little bit. Um, yeah. Well, there's one we actually we, haven't even we, touched we, on Martin. The one, okay. like how many times have, have you texted a link to an article to a client? Oh, I mean, countless, countless, I, I have no idea, but a lot. Yeah. And there's so many things, you know, we call it sales enablement, which is just a fancy term for helping the sales process or even the customer service process. But if you have an article, it becomes so much easier to communicate with a customer. Yes. And it also makes the communication seem really legit. <laughs> like if someone asks you a question and you just respond via text, it's different when you say, oh, here's the answer versus, yeah, we absolutely can help with that. Or we actually uh, have a great process for that. Here's an entire article on it. It's like, oh, wow, that's like rigid and solidified and legit. And they, it's more trusting because it's like, you're willing to publish this on the internet. It's something everybody reads. It's something that's set in stone. And then it also saves you so much time where you don't have to type out this long-winded response to somebody, you're able to just give them this article. I just had that the other day where I was able to send over three case studies to somebody who was interested in working with us. And I, I was able to send over three case studies that addressed exactly what they're you know looking for. Um, so that's the benefit of having that content in your arsenal as well as just using it as that sales enablement tool or that customer service tool to answer questions and to give confidence. Right. Yeah. And it shows if you've got some articles on the subject, they just happen to bring up, it shows that you're a pro, you've been around a while, you've given it some thought, uh, you've ordered your thoughts and put it in that article. It shows it, it, ena it uh, enables trust. I mean, it's at least it's a step in that direction. Uh, it's just like today, very few of them, but I have had some 
circumstances in the last year where I was looking for a contractor and heard about somebody that didn't have a website. Mm. Now that doesn't automatically mean you're no good, but it, it also is like, really? You know, am I going to buy because you have a website? Probably not. Am I going to not buy because you don't have a website? Probably. You know, it's one of those AT&T yellow pages, Yelp things where they're listed and you can't ever find a website form. Oh yeah, I don't have one. Okay. Well, maybe they've been <laughs> around long enough and enough repeat customers, they don't need one. But uh, so blogging is a little bit that way. It's a step above what your competition and of course, as we've said, I think many times, if you want to charge a higher price, you need to give them a reason other than price to buy from you. And this is where it yeah. starts. One of the places it starts. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree, man. Um, well, I think this is a, a really interesting episode for contractors. Um, you definitely will differentiate yourself, but again, not something that I would entirely outsource. You got to have you know, some authenticity inside of your content. So make sure that if you are going to take the step and get into blogging, make sure it's somewhat authentic um, and, and true to your company. So uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see everybody on the next one, right, Martin? Yep. And anybody who wants to contact us, you know, for some step-by-step -step type details to do it, please do yeah, reach out. Absolutely. Don't hesitate. Appreciate it. I'll see you soon, Martin. Okay. See ya. Cashflow Contractors, thank you so much for checking out this episode of our show. We really appreciate the support and we always enjoy getting to share our conversations with our listeners. Please go ahead down below in the show notes. You can find all of our social channels. If you're listening to this on YouTube, you can subscribe and like this video, leave a comment on it to show some appreciation. Go to our other social channels, follow us on Twitter, on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Facebook comment on our posts. We'll be posting all of our clips to YouTube that are shorter versions of all of our episodes. We even got snippets on there that are similar to TikTok videos that you can and check out on there if you subscribe to our channel. Uh, anything on social media, you can follow us there and like it. We really appreciate the support. Lastly, please subscribe to our CFC newsletter. We send these episodes out every single week with a little bit more context that we hope you find value in. Thank you so much for listening. It's a, it's a pleasure to make the show. We hope that you're finding less stress, more time, and more money inside your business. Have a good week. Thanks for listening to The Cashflow Contractor. Check out our website in the show notes or visit thecashflowcontractor.com.